Freunde. Welcome to the Pastor's Cut podcast for the week of March 3rd, 2024. I still love that new opening song. That's I my, do. That's my favorite one. <laughs> it is very cool. It, it gets you up and gets you moving, that's, that's for right. sure. <laughs> and we have the whole gang back together. We've all been hit and miss. <laughs> I missed I've, you guys. Well, I've... No. You know, my wife got uh, Valentine's cookies for all the kids. <laughs> Just bypass right there. No, no, no. It's, there's a purpose. No, she, oh, she, she got a Valentine's uh, cookie for all the kids that says, I tolerate you. It's a heart with red Aww, icing. It says, sweetest. I tolerate. So, at Marissa, Dave, Aww. I tolerate y'all. Same, bud. It's good to uh, see y'all again. Just hits me in the soul and there makes me feel so good. <laughs> so, so speaking of, let's just talk about Valentine's Day. What what do you do for Valentine's Day? Brad, what, what did you and Mary Kay do? <laughs> <laughs> I think like, we all did the same thing for NCIS reruns, maybe? I don't know. Oh, that just brings a little tear to my eye yeah. right there. Good to know the flame is still alive. We watched Tony and Ziva, you know. Yeah, okay. Anyway, yeah. Dave, what'd you, what'd, you, what'd you do? I was here. So I yeah. had a fun, rocking time for the wonderful Ash Wednesday service. I went home and I gave my wife a card with... 12 verbal things that I, I just, 12 things I love about her oh, instead of roses because my wife off. doesn't <laughs> like the things that die. Yeah, uh-huh. Says the guy who actually ditched Wednesday night to I did. You know, take his wife on a home date. There comes a point in your ministerial career where you go, you know what, I'm just going to step out on this one and let other folks handle it. So, but, but before we get to me, Marissa, what did what did you and Chris do? Yeah, well, we were here. Okay. Uh, we had the Ash Wednesday service, so that was my day on uh, the 14th, but then we did Valentine's Day observed on the 15th. There you go. So we went to uh, get pizza at, at uh, Bohemian Pizza. Oh, I love so, Bohemian. Yeah. So, so you, during Ash Wednesday service, you really did a good job saying about when Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday fall. It happens, what, three times? Yeah, in... yeah, three times every century. Okay. So we've had a kind of a good run these last few years. 2018, it kind of bumped up together, and, and then this year, and then it will again in about... I think six more years. Okay, so. and then not again. For... Not again till twenty one seventy nine. Okay. I think. So we don't have to worry about that one. Right, I that think is that one's a problem our... for another generation. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I skipped out on Wednesday night. I felt not guilty at all about no. that. Well, you I were just... at the noon service. That's the wonderful the... thing about Ash Wednesday. You you can participate all day, long. Time, all day long. And the and... beauty about just. Allowing other people to teach. You, you yep. can there you, you go. don't have to worry about it. There you go. I'm here a lot, so there. every now and then I take pastoral yep. license, but uh, we just did a meal together at home, brought some Olive Garden home, and then I let my wife choose. We could either watch Sleepless in Seattle or You've Got Mail. Mm-hmm. And I even said, I'll do, well, I'll do a marathon with you if you want to watch both. <laughs> Fortunately, she spared me from that fate. That is purgatory. Purgatory is watching those two movies back to back. But we watched Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> Very romantic evening. Very nice. Yes. When I fall in love. Mm. <laughs> I'm just, I just, you know, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan were just meant to be together. All right, so what are we talking about today? Let's let's shift gears here. We are still in the message on the mount. We'll be so through Easter. Uh, I do want to um, start to highlight where we're going next. Uh, and I, I'm usually very well planned ahead. I plan a year ahead of time what teaching series will be. 
Um, that gives me some freedom that if I want to make changes, I'm relaxed, I have a plan, I can change it if I want to, and I'm changing things. So after Easter, uh, I want to begin to address one of the pressing issues of our culture right now, and that's loneliness. And so you'll be hearing more about this. We'll do a little promo of this. It's a huge issue in our culture. More people than ever on our planet, more people that are lonely uh, than ever before. So we're going to look at this from Scripture, some people who experienced loneliness, what they learned about themselves, what they learned about God, and what they did next. Uh, but we're still in the message on the Mount, and uh, we're going to stay in the words of Jesus. So this week we are handling Matthew chapter 7, 1 through 6. Marissa, would you just uh, would you read that for sure. us? Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn you and tear you to pieces. Okay, so verse 6, that last verse, is one of my favorite verses in the, the entire message <laughs> on the mount because it's, it's a little bit enigmatic. What does it mean? But then once it's kind of unpacked, it, it makes perfect sense. We'll get to that here shortly. Uh, but this is where Jesus um, talks about being judgmental. And so let's just talk around this today. Um, I, I do want to offer the verse, first disclaimer that Jesus says we're not to be judgmental, but we can still practice good judgment. So he's not asking us to check our common sense or our discernment mm-hmm. at the door. Um, let's just do a roundtable on this. So when I walked in, somebody was talking about a band back in the day. That, <laughs> what were they called? Plank Eye. Plank so- Eye. One of my favorite bands for a short stint when I was in high school was a band called Plank Eye. I think I liked them most because they had distortion, and they were a Christian <laughs> band, and so it wasn't your typical Southern rock band that, that had, or typical Southern California rock band yeah, that, yeah. that had no distortion. Um, and they pulled their name directly from this verse. There you go. So. Don't be a Plank Eye. All right, so uh, let's do a roundtable on this. Marissa, what you got? Yeah, so judge not lest you be judged. That's one of the most popular uh, mm. verses in the entire Bible, especially for those outside the church walls. Everybody knows that verse. Yes. Mm-hmm. So our human nature really wants to believe that there is this unending love and acceptance for whatever we want to do or whatever we want to be, um, as long as we're not hurting other people. Um, but Jesus, you know, he warns against judgment, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't have high standards for our behavior and high standards for the world around us. You know, our God is a God of justice. Um, and uh, later on in the Sermon on the Mount, he'll talk about his way being narrow. And um, so, but the temptation to look down on each other for our moral failures um, uh, is a temptation to play God. Um, it's a temptation to um, play a role that wasn't ours to have. Um, and uh, that is, I mean, if you're playing a role, that's hypocrisy. Right. So we're called to be discerning, but not condemning. And I think there's... Uh you know, take it off your shoulders because we, we don't have mm-hmm. to carry this weight. Um, and I think that's the freedom behind the words here. I don't have to settle up what God should or shouldn't do with every person, where they're going to end up eternally or what I, you know, necessarily think the consequences of their actions are. Mm-hmm. I can take that off my plate. Mm-hmm. I can try to practice good discernment, but I'm not the judge of other people. Right. So let's quit trying to do God's job. Dave, what you got? So... John Stott actually said a couple of really good things uh, about this. I know, John Stott, what? (laughs) Uh, He said, 
Here's, here's a direct quote. The command to not judge is not a requirement to be blind, but rather a plea to be generous. Mm-hmm. Jesus does not tell us to cease to be human by suspending our critical powers, which help to distinguish us from animals, but to renounce the presumptuous ambition to be God by setting ourselves up as judges. So I like how Stott puts that, that, that it's so many times we, we either go to this passage and we say automatically, well, we're not supposed to judge, so therefore we're just going to accept blindly everybody for who they are, as they are, and just leave that at that. We're not called to abandon judgment, but we're called to be generous in our judgment. We're called to extend grace and mercy to others as we want to receive grace and mercy. And so it's this balancing game as opposed to a blind acceptance. There you go. And I'm, I'm going to put a plug in for John Stott's <clears throat> book on the Sermon on the Mount. It is, in my estimation, it's the best single-volume commentary on the message on the Mount that's out there. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of really good ones, but his is my consistent go-to. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I reread it in preparation for this teaching series, and it's not a, not a very long book, but it's just very, very well-packed, as, as Dave's quote attests to. I think there's also a teaching here, uh, as Jesus uses the metaphor of plank and speck of dust, I think there's, um, there's the gift of where I find myself to be judgmental mm-hmm. in that what I'm typically judging about somebody else is an issue for myself more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the met- metaphor here that typically the, the things that, uh, that I see in other people's lives are the very things I'm blind to in my own. And so just to think about that, where, where I'm tempted to be, to be judgmental, that's actually a gift because it can surface some awareness. Right of, okay, th- this is a trigger for my life. And just to use an example, if I, if I condemn somebody, if I'm judgmental because of their use of pornography, well, maybe there's some issues of sexuality that, that I need to address in my life. So if anything, take that finger you point at others and, and flip it around and point it back at yourself and say, maybe this is an issue mm-hmm. that I need to work on. So Yeah. I think um, marriage gives us so many opportunities to do this. <laughs> so oh, many, wow. so many, That's a generous so way many to say ways that. to yes. um, uh, <laughs> develop this discipline. I, you know, I, whenever um, I, I uh, am short with my husband or say something, I, I really think, oh my goodness, if he had said that to me, I would have been so upset. And yet he is so patient right now. <laughs> I want to give, uh, you know, I want infinite grace from him and understanding and uh, generosity. But I have like zero tolerance when he says anything out of line to me, you know, um, uh, we're not fit to be the judge and juries of other people. Um, and, uh, this is just Jesus pointing this out, reminding us that, um, that, you know, we are, um, not able to stand under our own, our own standard for condemning other people. Um, we all know people who have the gift of discernment, um, and um, sometimes, uh, you know, it's those with the gift of discernment need to use that gift on themselves. Mm. <laughs> yes. Um, we all have, uh, you know, people in our lives that really think that that title of discernment gives them the um, the freedom to uh, kind of a free pass to be as judgmental as they want to be or to pass out as much advice as they want to give unsolicited Um but if, if we have a discerning spirit, we need to, just like you were saying, pay attention to um, our heart's motivations behind our judgment. Um, why are we feeling called to judge this person? Um, we need to be careful that we don't um, become so discerning, quote unquote, that we become critical of other people. 
Um, if I perceive that I'm being judgmental, I need to reflect on my heart's motivation. I need to, uh, you know, say, find out why am I so quick to call this person unrighteous? Um, why am I so quick to be angry at their behavior? Um, what resentment or fear or mistrust do I harbor? Um, when we properly wrestle with that, that is, you know, that's trying to see the plank. That's, that's um, rightly coming to realize that the speck in my sister's eye isn't so monumental after all. Um, yeah. And um, if we do that, if we address it with humility and love without pride and judgment, um, you know, that is such a more effective way of removing a splinter <laughs> than being judgmental, than being callous or critical of other people. I like the way you started your comments. How did you put it? You put it so tactfully. Marriage gives us plenty of opportunities to practice this. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You said that so tactfully. I, I need to consider it before I speak instead yes. of after, though. I'm pretty good at considering it afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we all see things in hindsight. So I also think that there's, um, uh, as there's freedom uh, in what Jesus commands here, there's also a call to credibility. Uh, notice he doesn't say we shouldn't practice good judgment because he says, first, remove the plank from your own eye, then you will see clearly to help your neighbor remove the speck from their eye. So it's not that we suspend judgment, but first we need to address ourselves. And then if other people see that we've removed some things from our life, Maybe we can speak with some credibility without coming across as judgmental. So when we see somebody caught in a sin that we've been caught in before, to go, I've been there. I know exactly where you are. And we see clearly in order to help a person remove that issue from their life mm-hmm. because we've been there. We're not planning, we're not playing that the superior spiritual card. We've actually been to the depths. And um, you know, I'm gonna put in a plug for our overcomers outreach. Um, our chain breakers community group. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, it's interesting. We've probably done more baptisms from this community group than any other adult community group. They're also the most authentic with one another and the most unjudgmental. Uh, we have people come in who have been addicted for years, but other recovering addicts can speak with credibility, and it's that kind of humility that generates life change. Yeah, and and we see it. We see it in action. In fact, Sunday we we just baptized another person from Chain Breakers. Mm-hmm. There's just that that humility. We're not here to judge you, but we are going to practice good judgment. You need to give your life to Christ, and that that humility fosters life change. Mm-hmm. Dave, what do you think? Absolutely. So, if we look at this from a little bit of a different angle, I think in some ways Jesus is also calling us to take a step back. I'm a fixer. Mm-hmm. I, I like to quickly hop into a situation to to get the 30-second version of what's really going on, and then dive in and try to immediately fix. Every time I do that, not just half the times, every time I do that, I end up clobbering someone. I don't help them. I think in some ways Jesus is also challenging us to take a step back, listen. Like James says, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Even when it comes to evangelism and sharing the gospel, we're so quick to quickly throw out the gospel, and I throw that in because... John Stott immediately in the next verse with verse 6, as we'll get to in a minute, talks about evangelism as the application of that verse. Um, We're so quick to share the gospel, we're not listening to someone's story, listening to their heart, listening to where they're actually at. Sometimes we even miss altogether where they're at in their spiritual journey, what's going on, and we can do more harm than do more good by simply listening to the pain that's really going on inside or listening to what's really happening. If we take time to slow down and listen to people, we'll be able to better help them wherever they're at. Or maybe they can help us, and it's a mutual exchange mm-hmm. of help as opposed to 
us simply going in and radically attacking the situation. And so when I think that when I think of this word picture of of having a plank just literally hitting other people because there's a <laughs> plank in someone else's eye, I, I almost think of that that I need to take a step back from quickly hopping in to fix a situation. So let's move to that uh, that final verse. Um, and I, I would encourage if I'm teaching this in a community group, I would uh, I would have an open conversation about you know where do you tend to be judgmental with others. And it's a little bit of confession there and, and some awareness. And then uh, I think institutionally, where, where does the church, or maybe where does our church, where do we tend to be judgmental? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's, um, that would be a, a healthy exercise within certain bounds. Uh, we're, we're by no means perfect. But Jesus says we are to practice good judgment because in the very next verse, there's this very enigmatic statement. Do not give dogs what is sacred do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they'll trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. So Marissa, help us understand the metaphor that's going on here. Sure. Well, I think that there's a lot of humor in these words. Yeah. I, do you remember in the 90s, there was a verse-by-verse video that came out about the Gospel of Matthew? I can't remember. The the actor had a very Italian name, and I can't remember what oh, it was. I, I didn't, like it already. I didn't but I love that the way that that actor... Uh, portrayed Jesus as someone with a lot of humor, and and he delivered these as verses five and six, especially with with a smile. Um, Dave, when you were talking about the plank hitting people, you know, I think that's what Jesus wanted to evoke. He wanted mm-hmm. there to be humor in this. So, you know, we don't know exactly. Um, there's no asterisk at this verse that tells us Jesus's heart behind this this verse. We kind of have to. It's one of those that we really kind of have to wrestle with and kind of see, well, what is Jesus's character? What are the other teachings wrapped around it um, that can help us discern what he meant? Because, you know, in a section about judgment and not being prejudiced and not um, being uh, condemning, to suddenly call people dogs and pigs yeah. <laughs> is kind of, it's that sounds like serious judgment to me. Um, but I think he was trying to be hyperbolic, trying to evoke humor. Um, one really... Um, good um, uh, 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 interpretation of this section um, is kind of a, a part of that uh, wise discernment in um, who are we giving um, who are we giving instruction to? If we're giving moral and ethical um, kingdom instruction to people who do not belong to the kingdom of God, if we're trying to force people who do not have that baseline relationship with Christ and understanding of their identity in him, if we're trying to get them to fit into our mold of what a disciple should look like, it doesn't make any sense. First, we have to share the gospel with them. We have to give them the tools to remove that splinter from their eye. We have to lovingly and graciously um, um, give them the gospel and help them to embrace Jesus as Lord before we try to um, force them or, or provoke them or compel them to live righteously. It doesn't make any sense to expect righteousness from people who have no baseline understanding of it. Yeah. So, so no sooner does Jesus say, "Don't don't be judgmental," but but if you can remove the plank from your eye, do that. Then you'll see clearly remove the speck from your brother's eye. However, we're called to practice good judgment, and and my just kind of simple interpretation of this, and I think it's multi-leveled here, but um, you know, don't. Don't give good advice to people who aren't going to listen. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't give your best advice um, because it's just going to be wasted. And that that's the picture here. Why would you give something sacred to a stray dog? And why would you put pearls on pigs? And that doesn't make any sense. That requires 
good judgment on our part. So mm-hmm. I think Jesus is saying, don't be judgmental, but also don't be afraid to use your common sense. And there, there's, a, there's a little bit more here that I need to do some more study on before I, I roll it out, but it's uh, sometimes don't share your best with people who won't appreciate it because you're just going to be wasting your breath and it'll just frustrate yourself and it won't do them any good. Dave, what are you thinking? So as I was reading through commentaries, there was one that, that I still don't like because it's rubbing <laughs> me a little bit the wrong way, but that's good because you stock, need to read those. Is it the stock quote? It's not the stock quote. Okay. It is um, in Craig Bloomberg's commentary on Matthew. He quotes Emil Bruner, and Emil Bruner said something to the effect of too many people evangelize, take the command to share the gospel anywhere, everywhere, all the time, no matter what, no matter what's going on, just share the gospel. And too many non-believers have been burned and completely turned off from the gospel because it was trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. It was too forced of a conversation. And sure, some people came to faith, but there are a lot of other people that will never take a second look. There's something about what he said there that, that goes with what Jesus is saying. You need to use discernment when you're having a conversation with anyone to not force a conversation, to not force your opinion on someone else, but to have grace and be able to take a step back. Yeah. Read the room. Yes. Read the room a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. yeah. I think that's good. So what is the stock quote? So Because I, I thought he said something similar. Maybe I'm just misremembering. So the stock quote, I'll, I'll read it again. The command to not judge is not a requirement oh, to I be thought, blind. Uh, no, I thought there was another one about verse 6. Was it not? Oh, um, I don't have another one about verse 6. I love disagreeing with here. you live on the air. I know, it's yeah. great. <laughs> that wasn't it. Try again. <laughs> I'm sorry. I That's don't have okay. another one. Yeah, I don't have another so, one. So I thought on verse 6, Stott said something to, similar to what Bruner said, that, that he said, um, in essence... There's some people that are not worthy of sharing the gospel mm-hmm. with, or maybe he said more not, and I'm, those are my words, no, but he they're, did, not, they're not ready yes, to hear he, the gospel. He did say that, so he talked about how Paul discerned, and Paul would share the gospel, then quickly move on to another group that was more ready, and even Jesus instructed, just move on. Yeah. So there's something about the need to move on. I would, I would say in our church so culture, yes, we're, <laughs> we're, we're a long way from that. I think we... Uh, I think we're far too hesitant to share the gospel, mm-hmm. but I think there's a bumper on the other side of that of don't be so overzealous that you turn people off. Mm-hmm. I think there's some balance, but I think we're a long way from the overzealous part. I think we need to have a little more zealous in us <laughs> for that. So, yeah, Marissa, what are you thinking over there? Well, at the last time you preached on this, uh, maybe not the very last time, because I think we've done it a couple times since then, but it was 2017, mm. and I had a couple things written down from, and you know, Stott is great, but Spoo is so good. Oh, um, <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Um, but your your definition of discernment at the time was practicing good judgment without being becoming judgmental. And then you also said, uh, we're called to be discerning but not condemning. Our discernment should be informed by God's wisdom and motivated by God's love. And I, I really like that. I don't know if you remember saying that. I don't, was, but that's great. so profound. Yeah, yeah, you're take so the good. rest of the day you're off. So, oh, okay, I will. You just hey, take listen. the rest of the day off. Um, but it's, it's, again, all about our heart's motivation in the yeah. Sermon on the Mount and um, to... Uh, when we are, are judging other people, when we're, when we're discerning, when we're um, helping, it should be a helpful act. Um, it should be a constructive, you know, creative kingdom-building act. Um, we want to remove the speck to restore vision and to relieve their pain. That should be um, the reason why we give people advice, the reason why we bring them the gospel, the yeah. reason why we, we give them, um, uh, bring them to accountability. Um, and it's all because we are one family, 
if you're talking about fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, their pain is our pain. And so we should want to relieve their pain. Um, if, if we're doing it because of some kind of, you know, I, you always have people, those gift of discernment people that, you know, they kind <laughs> of feel of air, like... air quotes going they, on They there. feel like uh, it, it almost seems like they take special pleasure yeah. in, in bringing things to light. But why are you bringing those things to light? Is it out of love? Is it out of God's wisdom? Or to make yourself feel more superior right. and, and yeah. pure, yeah. They're on that moral high ground. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. That mountain will crumble. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Eventually. I think there's also some... Um, uh, some good counsel hidden in here as well. Um, if we're judgmental, we put people in a category and we never allow them to leave that category. And we don't account for God's continued work in their life, the Holy Spirit, or their furtherance of obedience. And so think about somebody who you were judgmental with 10 years ago. I think to be discerning to say they may not be the same person. Now, now they may be, mm-hmm. in which case we use good judgment. But I think Jesus calls us to to give people the benefit of the doubt and grace and kindness surely are things fitting for the family of God. All right, so last words. Anybody got any great last words? Okay, there we are. I think that's it. I think that's (laughs) it at all. I think we said it all. Uh, Well, wrestle with these uh, commands here a little bit, and I would encourage you. Uh, where you're most judgmental with others. Think about it as you're scrolling through social media, as you're watching on TV, where you tend to get judgmental toward others. Turn that right around and say, what what perhaps am I missing here in my own life? And it's some things that we need to address. So, okay, I guess that's it. No other profound statements? Give None. Another, give another Darren Spoo quote. Uh, that's, she gave the one good profound. So I could give you, if you really want something else profound, I Ooh, read a book yes. a couple years ago. Or a couple, sorry. I read last week in a book <laughs> called Questioning Evangelism by Randy Newman. He's a Campus Crusade for Christ guy. He said that, that actually this command to judge not is the most popular verse now. It surpassed John 3.16, college campuses across the country. I thought that was a profound statement, that, that more people know judge not than they know yeah. God so loved the world. Yeah, and it's important that we obey that. It's also important that we keep that in perspective of the, the entirety of what Jesus yes. taught, and not just, as as with good exegesis, not just take one verse in, in isolation. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. You ended us on a profound note. <laughs> All right. So I think that's it for us today. Um, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you, and may God grant you peace. Now and forever, amen. Amen. Amen.